The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm The Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this This is Common Common Debauchery. Common Debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I am the Nightmare, joined by Rotten Jack. It is episode 101. I can't say we're fresh off episode 100, but because it's the next episode, I guess it's fresh off 100. What's up, man? Hey, how are you? Uh, have you recovered from choking on marshmallows? Yeah, I mean, won't be doing that again. I still have marshmallows in my in my kitchen if you want some. No, thanks. I'm good. Unless we're roasting them, I don't want regular marshmallows. I was going to say, you you want s'more? Yeah, I want some s'more. If we're making s'mores, <laughs> then I'm okay eating marshmallows. I don't like regular marshmallows without them being toasted, though. Oh, I do. They're so good. Yeah. So good. Speaking of so good, uh, episode 101, we have a fun topic, and I don't know how I came up with this. I don't know how this rattled into my brain, but we are going to talk about actors, actresses from movies and or TV that were so perfectly cast that you either one couldn't imagine anyone else playing that character or they played a character that was basically meant for them to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and we're not going to give any examples here because what we're doing is we are actually drafting our top either eight or 10. Uh, and so we're going to pick them and then we're going to put them into the common debauchery cup to see what actor or actress was so perfectly cast that they win best casting comment about the, the best casting common debauchery cup. Yes. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. This is uh let's just have my computer just freaked out. Uh, it is going to be more interactive a little uh, for us, I guess you could say um, it is going to be more fun and I have a little randomizer wheel here for us to see who gets to go first. Now, to lay some groundwork for this, your number one pick will be your number one seed. And we will seed them accordingly. If we do eight, and now the reason we're saying eight to 10 is we both have a list that we've kind of made. And they are more than eight people long because if you obviously draft someone that I was going to take, you can't take them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we can do and what we will do is if we do eight, it'll be one V eight, two B seven, three, six, five, four. Mm-hmm. If we do 10, the top two picks for each of us will get a buy. So there's going to be the nightmare bracket, the rotten Jack bracket. Um, and then top two, get a buy. And then three, 10, four, nine, Yada, yada, yada. You guys get the drift. So, are you ready to find out who gets the first overall pick? Spin the wheel, damn it. Round and round she goes where she stops. Oh. (laughs) It's me. It is. All right. 
So we have stopped the sharing of the screen so my computer can work properly again. RJ, who is the first overall pick? I wish I should have I should have queued up a uh, a noise for this the 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 NFL draft. Should have should have. Uh, I am going to go with none other than Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. Ah, uh, so you did take one of mine. He was not going to be my number one. See, I don't like this whole like. I can we just pick them and then we can like uh decide where our seating is sure i was just like in, in my mind like you picked him because you thought he was a popular choice and wanted him on like yeah i wanted him on my side right so like that's that's why i was like okay your first pick is going to be your number one seed because why would you leave like the one you want the most or the best one you think for last because what if i took him well, that's just a choice. That's a that's a risk I'm willing to take. All right. So I guess we will rank our own lists when they're made. Yeah. All right. Well, my first overall pick and easily my number one seed is going to be Mr. Wade Wilson. Deadpool himself played by Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Cannot argue with that one. Like it's. It's so good to the point that before he was even actually playing Wade Wilson, they were making comments in the comic books that, you know, Deadpool is basically looks like Ryan Reynolds, who was bitten by a radioactive Sharpay. Yeah. And if you actually like were to read the comics without having seen any like any other Deadpool media, you'd be like, yeah, there's no way that anybody but Ryan Reynolds plays this character. No. Absolutely not. And like it's crazy because Ryan Reynolds wasn't even a thing when Deadpool was created. But somehow, some way, it uh it just completely works out that looking back on it, even reading the original comics, you're like, holy shit, this was Ryan Reynolds from like issue number one. I mean Ryan Reynolds was alive in the 90s well yeah but like he wasn't like superhero movies weren't a thing really so like you know he didn't have like the fame that he did that he does now so that's that's a that's a damn good choice i i had to i like i when you when you got the number one pick i thought for sure that's where you were going i was like damn it i'm not gonna get him quite honestly uh he didn't even uh, pop into my head. I had a bunch of other people. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, your first pick was Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid, who, I mean, the quote from the Harry Potter special that, like, you know, oh my God, it gets me all the time thinking about it. Sense chills. And then the fact that the, that the guy passed away after, yeah. the, like, you know, oh, like, I won't always be here, but Hagrid will. Like, yeah. And, and no one else could even conceivably no play Hagrid. No, absolutely not. He had the look, he had the demeanor, he had the feel just, I I, like to this day, like I should not have said that. I should not have said that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things you put your foot in your mouth and all of a sudden you're saying that like, it's just kind of ingrained in some of us, you know, 
if I were to be a character in the Harry Potter universe, I would want to be Hagrid. Play with play with animals. I mean, Fang is a great character, right? Who doesn't want a big old bloodhound like that? Uh, I don't think Fang was a bloodhound. I don't know what he was, but he was a gorgeous dog. Agreed. Uh, my number two overall pick is going to be Matthew Lillard as Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah, he was on my list also. That's a great one. Like, that's just perfect. Yeah, it really is. All I right. don't I don't know how else to describe it. He just like he, he is shaggy. Like to a T. Tall, like lanky, gangly. Mm-hmm. Even the Adam's apple. Like because the 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 cartoon character had had a giant Adam's apple. Yeah. Shooting Adam's apple. And Matthew Lillard does too. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. I if you were to if you were to tell me, I feel like if live action scooby-doo didn't like didn't exist and you told ai create shaggy as a human it would just be matthew lillard it would just be matthew lillard right no if fans are butts about it that one was a great casting yeah and then i mean just the, like the facial expressions like he nailed the voice i mean how many times do we see people try to voice something that we already have a voice to and it just doesn't quite get there, right? Like it just it doesn't quite resonate the same. Yeah. Yeah, it just it really doesn't. <clears throat> All right. I'm gonna take Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. See, this is another great casting that didn't even pop into my head. It seems like I'm taking all the ones that you were going to take or that you had on your list and like the people that you're mentioning for some reason didn't even pop into my head when I was thinking about it. Not only is Johnny Depp so good at, at Captain Jack, he has inspired multiple different approaches or not approaches, but like we'll call them viral moments. You know, like there was a a college baseball player last year who like he would jokingly do the Jack Sparrow run like at practice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he hit a home run and it like the people on his team be like, dude, you know, do the sparrow, do the sparrow, do the sparrow. And he'd be like, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then he did. Like he went and it was like in the NCAA tournament, he hit up like a like a go ahead home run. And rounding third, he starts doing like the Jack Sparrow run. Right. You know, the arms out flailing and stuff. And like you know, there, there was a TikTok trend for a while of doing like the Captain Jack Sparrow walk. Yeah, just running around random cities like Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, great, absolutely fantastic. There were he was so good at that that there were times he ad libbed the entire scene. <laughs> yeah, and like they just they kept it. Like he just he just did his thing, and they were just like, and you can actually see genuine reactions from the care other characters like genuine confusion on their faces. Like that wasn't supposed to be the line. Uh, what do I do now? The first time he ever said like the first time the line, like you must be the worst pirate I've ever heard of. 
but you have heard of me. Like that was unscripted. He just said it. He just, but you have heard of me. Yeah. Such a good one. He, and he's so good as captain Jack that I don't think you could, I mean, they're, uh, they, they said they were going to try. I don't know if they're actually going to, but they said they were going to try a pirates film without captain Jack Sparrow. It got so much backlash though. People are like, listen, you can't like nothing against like an, an all female led pirates movie, but you can't have a put. You literally cannot have a pirates of the Caribbean movie without Jack Sparrow. Correct. You just, you can't, it's not possible. Nobody is going to see it. I mean, to the point that they got rid of most of the rest of the original cast. Yeah. And did a fourth one. And it's still yeah. okay. Yeah, it was still great. I loved it. <sighs> yeah. Okay. All right. So we you so far your team is not team, but your bracket consists of Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. Who is your third pick for the greatest casting of a character? Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Because we've seen them do a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street with Jackie Earl Haley, and it was fucking trash. It was terrible. They took away everything that made Freddy Freddy up to and including Robert England, and it just wasn't the same. It it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. Just what Robert England brought to the character of like the the wittiness and the funniness and the mannerisms is what made the character. And they completely got rid of all of like the the funny, quirky quips and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, not that I'm complaining that they made Freddy Krueger a more like violent character. Um. Uh, but it's like that's just not what Freddy Krueger is or has been known to be. You could make it more violent, for sure. But the problem is, like, you can't you can't change the personality of the character. No, like, that was the biggest problem that I had with it. But Robert England, absolutely perfect. So you can change the adaptation of the character of like of the the personality of the character and we're going to get to that with my next pick but you can't change the character like you can't change how they are because that's what makes them who they are right and i knew so i knew you were going to have a couple uh horror ones at least one horror right. one here um realistically like the only ones are like horror characters that were actually like personable uh because like you know i could throw kane hotter on there as jason Voorhees, but you know all the guys who played jason and michael myers and stuff like that they're all under masks they all have pretty much the same mannerisms they don't speak right you don't see their faces it doesn't really matter at the end of the day um, so that's why probably none of them are going to be on the list, but like Robert England, a, a front facing talking character. Yeah. 
which the ability to be a front-facing talking character in a horror film and do well with it kind of like makes the it kind of makes the movie anybody can be a stoic silent slasher yeah you're like what what are the qualifications be big walk slow wear a mask okay but they have lines and talk and need to be like a part of the movie other than just a menacing presence in the background or in the foreground when someone's dying well it takes a little bit you know and i agree with you robert england did do very very well uh, by the way, I did look it up, and uh, Fang from Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Hagrid's trusty, dusty dog, was not only not a bloodhound, it wasn't a hound at all. Well, okay, so in in the books, he's a boarhound. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is an old term for a Great Dane. In the films, he is he's a Neapolitan Mastiff. So Danes nor Mastiffs are hounds. Right. Yeah, just thought I'd throw it out there. Uh, in the realm of putting a, a unique spin on a character and crushing it, this this casting for this role was widely disparaged before the movie came out. And now I, I like no one will. He is the bar that anyone who has ever played this character since will have to measure to. And it's Heath Ledger's Joker. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Jared Letter can suck my ass. Like that Joker sucked. So like you had Jack Nicholson who was true to the source material, you know, more true to the, 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 like the laughing, like cartoonishly psychotic, we'll call him Mm -hmm. Joker from, you know the Batman animated series, the the previous incantation of the the TV show, and uh, you know when, when Adam West was Batman and stuff like that, like yeah, those things. Like he he was more true to that. Heath Ledger took it and went dark and very dark, like very dark, very psychotic, but like still did the whole like manic laugh thing in his own dark way and just. You know, when you go back and you really like dissect the character of the Joker, and back when we, uh, Austin and I used to do the producers, we actually dissected the character as a whole and the people who played him. Um, and, you know, Heath Ledger was easily a number one. And there were very, very, there were a lot of people who, vo- who have voiced him, who have done well, but you can voice a character and it can be good or it can be bad. Right. If, I mean, if we're talking about just strictly voicing a character like the Joker, Mark Hamill. Yeah. No one beats Mark Hamill as just a voice actor doing the Joker. But Mark Hamill acting as the Joker, I don't think would have landed. No. Mm-mm. Like he, Heath Ledger just found a way to make it work and make it right. And now, you know, um, I'm intrigued to see where they go with the Joker story from the Jaquan Phoenix movie. Oh, I didn't even see that one. Uh, surprisingly very good. I heard people saying that that actually wasn't even the Joker, though. They're not really sure where they're going with it. So, like, or like you're not really sure where you're going with it. So it was kind of like it was kind of like a backstory, but and and this is just the inherent issue with the DC universe as a whole is there's no conformity, there's no direction, especially but, right now. So it, like they're just kind of doing things. It, like this was kind of like it was akin to the Marvel universe when like. 
Blade came out, then Incredible Hulk came out, then you know, then, Iron Man really kicked it all off. Well, like, then the Hulk came out, which is the one that they actually consider part like that that's part canon. Yeah. And then um I mean the Spider-Man movies came out on their own doing the right own. which none of them were considered canon until like spider-man well, and no and, way home well yeah because now they're tying things in with a multiverse theory mm-hmm. but like they were just kind of doing things and they were good but then like eh, okay dc tried to jump to the end they didn't try to build a universe they just tried to say it exists and here it is and it just didn't it, it fell flat on its face and in the midst of all that the dark knight trilogy exists and heath ledger stands a beacon above and beyond all mm-hmm. as as the the epitome of the clown prince of crime the joker yeah Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger is definitely a a really good choice and it's it's sad to say that that role is pretty much what ended up killing him in the end Oh yeah, it was that, and he was going right into another uh, another one right at the end. Yeah, um, I don't remember what the movie was because of the uh, the stuff that they they've come out and said that like he literally like had a psychotic break and couldn't separate himself from the character after the fact, and well, and, and that's what makes it made him so good is he was a method actor, right? So he mm-hmm. he he legitimately got into character mm-hmm. so much so that like near the end of the filming of the dark Knight, people were like legitimately being creeped out by him because he would not really break character. Right. He would be the Joker and like he would talk to people in that very like, you want to go get uh, some catering? Like, and just right. weird and creepy and distant and dark and brooding and be like, Whoa. Yeah. Great choice. Great choice. All right, who's your who's number four for you? Well, spinning off your uh, your little DC and Batman, a fellow DC universe, uh, but not playing a DC universe character, Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. So fun story. I have never actually seen American Psycho. What? I feel like I've told you that before, but great uh, movie. But like I've I know like I, I know scenes of it, obviously, because it's famous throughout pop culture. Every everyone knows the scene of him putting on the raincoat and dancing around to uh Huey Lewis in the news and then hacking Jared Leto's character to death with an axe. Yes. Everybody knows that scene. Um, he, it was, it was great the way that he portrayed him in the film. I don't, I don't foresee anybody being able to give that good of a performance being like that big of like a sociopath. Yeah, I will agree with you on that. That's one of those ones where like. So some of these guys have source material to go off of, right? So like, right. American Psycho was a book, so there was source material. But like, I mean, we're talking like, I mean, the Joker has 
years and years of uber popular. You know, Robbie Coltrane had how many books to go off of? Mm -hmm. Matthew Lillard had a ton of source material for Scooby-Doo. 50 years worth? Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale with Patrick Bateman had a book, and he owned it. And, I mean, you can see that, like, that sadistic smile with him wielding the axe and it, like it just it that like that image is just one that burns right i almost like want to get it tattooed on me i mean it would kind of go with what you got going on it really would yeah. really really would yeah i agree with that one that one's a that one's a solid choice uh going with oh, i have so many good ones here all right, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to stay away from comic books for a minute because there's a couple other really good ones in there. Michael Clark Duncan as John Coffee from the Green Mile. Yes, yes, one hundred percent, yes. First off, Michael Clark Duncan is was a national fucking treasure oh yeah um it, it's hard to explain exactly what he was he was the definition of gentle giant uh, like there's so many movies that he was in that he was perfectly cast for Armageddon his role in Armageddon he was perfect I mean he was he was one of the first people that like so he was he was legitimately one of the first people who got people like had an issue with the fact that he Cross, well, I don't know how, how you want to say this, like crossed racial lines of a character when he portrayed Kingpin in the Daredevil movie, which right, which the Daredevil movie was not good. No, like, he was the best part of it. He was fantastic. But I mean, you know, his, his role in the Green Mile is John Coffey. Kingpin and Daredevil, his role in Armageddon was really good. Um, I mean, he was in Planet of the Apes. He was he? Which one? I uh, Just Planet of the Apes. Like the Mark Wahlberg one or the more recent ones? I don't know, man. I'm looking at a freaking movie list. <laughs> I'm not looking at the. I didn't know if you had like his Wikipedia page pulled up and you had links to click on. I mean, I do, but I, wa- I don't want to like spend that much time on this. To dive okay. That Moving on. Um, I mean, his supporting role in Talladega Nights. Fucking hate that movie. Move on. Oh my god, I love that movie. Uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was hilarious. It was one of the few things I like by Will Ferrell, but uh, he was in the Scorpion King. He was. Yeah he he voiced a character in Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. He also voiced a character in Brother Bear. He was in Sin City. He, I've actually never seen Sin City. I do recall him being in it, though. Another really good, weird movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall uh, him being in Night at the Roxbury, but apparently he was. 
I think he was, I think that was one of his earlier roles where he was just kind of like a doorman, like a security guard at a club. Yeah, that was 98. Yeah. Uh, Try to see if there's any other big ones in here. Nothing crazy, but I mean, every time you see him, like, A, you know who he is, and B, you're like, yeah, he rocked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, another another generational talent that was taken away from us far, far too soon. Yes, I agree with that. Like, can you imagine some of the movies that have come out recently where you're like, now that you're thinking about him, you could see him in like some of those roles from like recent movies and be like, yo, now that I'm thinking about it, Michael Clark Duncan would have been so much better for this. I mean, I think we have a, a potential concept there where we could pick, pick, basically pick like a movie or something. And recast it. And like, like recast. Sure. So that could be like a potential like next episode. Yeah, we can definitely, definitely to, do that. To answer your other question. Uh, yes, it was the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. Gotcha. He played Atar. Hmm. Uh, so my next choice might be <clears throat> it's not going to be controversial because of who it is. It's going to be controversial because of how I'm going to spin it. Oh boy. Because I'm going to spin it and not controversial in a bad way. You might just be like, you're not allowed to do that. Every role he has ever had. Brendan Fraser. Dudley Do-Right. George of the Jungle. Rick O'Connell from the Mummy series. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm going to allow it. Because you're not wrong. I, I know like Dudley do right and George of the jungle were two of my favorite movies to watch when I was a kid growing up to the point that now that we're talking about it, I'm going to try to watch them tonight. Well, maybe not George of the jungle. I just watched that one. Cause it's on Disney plus, but uh, I just watched that one not too long ago, but Dudley do right. I haven't seen that one since I was probably about 12. Yeah. So like trying to go back to the heyday Encino man, where he played a, a link who didn't even talk. But he was perfect. So, the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Dudley Do Right, Monkey Bone, The Mummy Returns. Uh, he was in a Looney Tunes movie in 2003, mm-hmm. back in action, where he was basically like, it was kind of like Space Jam, but he, yeah. he, they weren't playing basketball. Uh, bedazzled what a what a, what a great weird rom-com that was george of the jungle right. was hilarious bedazzled was the one where like he makes a deal with uh the devil who's played by elizabeth hurley right correct right okay uh he was in a, a, a movie called the scout in 94 it was a baseball movie airheads airheads is great encino man i mean yeah and he plays a very similar character in all of them um I don't want to use the word aloof, but kind of aloof. Because that's that was literally what came to my mind. 
was he plays a very aloof character, but a very happy go lucky, that's just a fun loving, kind of dumb, but in an endearing way character. Yeah. Yeah. And like even the mummy, like he's supposed to be like this incredibly intelligent archaeologist and everything else. I'm like, he's still kind of like the just goofy, like, yeah, like the different lines in those movies, like, you know, uh, you can fly the plane now. Like just, they just fit coming out of him. Right. Yeah. So if you'll allow it, I want to throw in Brendan Fraser with every role he's ever had into the bracket. Uh, so we will narrow that down to like, okay, we'll narrow it down to like the top three. We'll re- narrow it down to Brendan Fraser in his roles as Dudley Do Right, George of the Jungle, and Rick O'Connell. Sure. Ah, oh, I have so many choices. I really thought you were going to chip away more on my list here, and you have not. And it annoys me that I have two two superheroes left. All right, I have I have to do this. I have to because I can't have one without the other. Especially considering they're going to be in a movie together soon, as these two characters, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine slash Logan. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was one of those ones where when I saw the first X-Men, I did not realize that Hugh Jackman cut his teeth on Broadway. Right. Um, The Greatest Showman, one of my favorites at this point. Had no idea the man could sing. Mm -hmm. Had no idea any of that was a thing. And here he comes playing Wolverine in X-Men and I grew up a huge X-Men fan as a kid like the right. X-Men cartoon I remember watching that on Saturday mornings and you know he, like you always knew that he was short but he was jacked and he had the claws and it was awesome and he didn't have the same like gruffy voice that you expected from the cartoon like where the cartoon always sounded like he was talking through his teeth right Jackman didn't need to do that and he still had that like gruffy like and here's here's the thing here's why he's such a perfect casting he's the only person to play him in the past 30 years at this point he's been playing Wolverine since at least the late 90s early 2000s to the fact that they were pretty much not going to make any more X-Men movies with Wolverine in it without him and then Ryan Reynolds finally coaxes him back out of retirement to do it one more time. Here's my issue with it. Just because you played a character for a long time doesn't mean that somebody couldn't do it better. I mean, there are people I could think of that would be a better Cyclops. Well, yeah. I mean, Chris Evans would be perfect for that. But also Cyclops is not as iconic of a character as Wolverine. I mean, I, I would I would venture to say that they're like the top two X-Men ever. Nobody's going to a movie to watch Cyclops. That's all I'm saying. 
I mean, especially with the dude who played him. Which nothing against him just wasn't a good role for him. It, it, it just didn't. It, it, maybe maybe it was the fact that the movie wasn't well. I mean, the movies were okay. Um, you know, and, and again, this was before you, you know, they realized that you could find a way to put them in their, you know, true to form costumes, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Like like the like the even the self aware like, well, you guys really like leather, huh? <laughs> Would you prefer yellow spandex? And then in future movies, like they're dressing in more true to fashion outfits and people liked it more than the weird tactical leather thing they tried for two and a half movies. Yeah. Which I didn't hate the tactical leather stuff, but also like, come on, how are you not going to have Wolverine? If you're going to do leather, at least have him in like blue and yellow leather. It was just one of those things where you had source material. You didn't have to stay true to it, like to a T, but at least a little bit. Uh-oh. Tell me why I just got a message from someone. I didn't even see you posted this on our, and someone just sent it to me like, what the fuck? <laughs> you prick. Haircuts, haircuts and shaving your nuts, not to come in. So it says haircut, uh, what was it? hair shave or shaves and haircuts your nuts not to come in here is what it says yeah not what your brain reads the first time you see it right what makes it funny fuck you listen i I didn't i didn't even see this until someone literally just sent it to me (laughs) who sent it to you uh one of my friends kate (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) i went to pick up my phone to look up because i couldn't remember one of the guy's that I wanted to do next. I couldn't remember his name. And I saw, Oh, what's she want? What the fuck? Listen, I told you if we were going to make an Instagram, we had to use it. You haven't been using it. So I will. Yeah. Uh, what pick is this? Uh, this will be number six, six. Um, you're not going to know this guy's name. When I mention the character, you will though. Okay. Raul Julia. Gomez Adams from the two Adams families movies from the nineties. Okay. Uh, sorry. I got to figure out how to spell his name so I can type it in here. And R a U L Julia as in Julia Roberts. No, I like that one. And actually, um, with the new Wednesday that just came out, right? Mm-hmm. I did not like the casting of Gomez in that movie or in that in the show. To, to me, it was the one miss. I, I, Gene is eating chicken wings while we do this, so like, hence the pause. Sorry. Um. Yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Luis Guzman. He's great. He's hilarious. I don't see him as gomez though it didn't work for me um i so i had explained i tried to explain this to to ally cat when we were watching the show because she had never seen the original adam family movie she knows the adams family like she knows of it she never watched the ones from the 90s i don't think so no what and 
I tried to like, and again, she like she knows of them, like she knows like who they are, right? Like and like what they are, and like you know, that whole thing. Yeah, like so she knows all that. But I when I tried to explain to her like why Luis Guzman didn't work, I was like, you know, he's he was supposed to be like this, like he wasn't good looking. But if you didn't see his face, you would think he was right. He was very debonair. He was very like well put together. He was fancy. He was like well spoken. It was Morticia, my love, like everything. And Luis Guzman is he's a little slurry when he talks. He's a little yeah, like, kind of like you know, it kind of stumbles and. Yeah, he just didn't have the look. Like they tried to gussy him up a little bit and put him in a fancy suit. And and then they, they, I mean, they tried to spin it like, well, this is how Gomez is in like the original comics. It's like, listen, I don't care what Gomez was in the original comics. Like you gave us Raul Julia, who is the quintessential Gomez. Like, I, I hate to say it, but how can you go from that to like, but this might be a harsh way of putting it, but how can you go from that to this fat sack of shit? <laughs> but like, even John Aston, yeah, in the TV from the sixties, yeah, not not attractive, but he didn't. He looked like he looked debonair. He looked well put together, and uh, Luis Guzman just didn't. Not at all. He uh, he looked like his suit was three sizes too small. He like that hair. What the hell was that hair? Yeah, that was another one. Like it looked like like an eighteen hundreds powder wig that they just dyed gray or black, whatever it was, did not look good at all. Yeah, and yeah, th- this is actually like a great picture, like a great three person picture, like <laughs> of the three main people who did the live action version, and like Gomez just looks out of place. Or, uh, yeah, so, um, Luis Guzman looks completely out of place. Yeah. Yeah, but um great great pick though with Raul. I like that. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <sighs> you went off the beaten path a little bit with those two with um, Robert England and Raul Julia. I'm going to go off the beaten path here. Not with the actor, but with the character I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be Russell Crowe. Okay. As, as Ross the Boss Ray. From what? From the goon. Have you never seen The Goon? No, I saw it once and I thought it was terrible. Oh, my God. So I don't remember it. One, we have to have a serious conversation about your taste in movies. Two, that movie was so fun and so funny. And the fact that it's based on a true story is even better. And the second one was awful. You look confused. Wasn't it? No, 
I don't remember. I thought it was somebody else. Wasn't there another like famous person that was in the goon that played like the rival on the other team? Or was that Russell Crowe? That was Russell Crowe. Sean William oh. Scott played Doug Glatt, the main character. Right. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and then Ross the Boss Ray played. Was like the goon on the other team, right? I maybe I didn't didn't realize that was Russell Crowe. So Russell Crowe in this movie. Now it is possible that you saw the second one called The Last of the Enforcers. No, I know it was the first one. Okay. The second one was not good. Uh the first one was fantastic. Based on a true story. And Russell Crowe plays the He played like he plays this aging Canadian hockey player in the movie. He's an an aging goon, an aging tough guy. Um, but he just he looks the part. Like if you've ever met a dude who's been like just a lifetime, lifetime hockey guy, Russell Crowe in this movie embodies it. You know, like the longer hair. You know, if if you were to watch like a, if you were to watch like a like a a late nineties, early two thousands, even like the early 2010s hockey game and watch some of the older players, like some of the guys who are on their way out and how they talk and how they present themselves. And like, you know, in a post game interview, it just, that was Russell Crowe to me. Why he looks like, um, in this picture, he looks more like Liv Schreiber. Doesn't he? Okay, that's why I was confused. I thought it was Liv Schreiber or Liv, Liv Schreiber. I didn't realize that was Russell Crowe. Yeah. Ross the boss Ray. Yeah, I no, that is Liv Schreiber. If, Where the hell did I just fuck this up? Yeah, I don't think Russell Crowe was in Goon. Uh, you're right. I fucked that up. I meant Liv Schreider. That's why I'm like, Russell Crowe? <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking Russell. Okay, so I'm right, but I'm wrong. Russell Crowe. Um, God, I'm such an idiot. Russell Crowe was in Mystery Alaska. Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I was confused. I'm like... I don't remember Russell Crowe being in there. Yeah, my bad. But I like so, okay, but but tell me those two could not be interchangeable. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna prove it to you. I'm gonna show you. But anyway. Yeah. Uh my next one, are we allowing like non life action, like someone who voiced a character? I mean, state your case and I'll let you know. Robin Williams is the genie from Aladdin. I mean, I guess I'll allow it. If you don't want to, I'll switch it. If we want, if we want to stay live action, that's fine. I just didn't know if no, that was the case. Because in most instances, I would tell you no. 
in this specific instance, I have to, I have to allow this because this is one of those instances where I think, I mean, we saw somebody try to do a live action genie Mm -hmm. and compared to the animated version voiced by Robin Williams, it wasn't even close. Uh, Also in one of the animated movies, Robin Williams didn't voice him and it was not good. Yeah. No, I'll allow that. Like, no disrespect to Will Smith, but like, sorry, your live action, like, Genie, just not good. Not, you can't compare it to Robin Williams. Not good. Yeah, I did not care for it at all. I didn't mind. I, I like the live action Aladdin. I didn't care for Will Smith as the genie, though. See, I, I haven't seen any of the live action. I think the the Jungle Book was the only one I started to see, and we were like almost done with it. And then <laughs> whatever streaming service we were watching on, like, like glitched out, and it was going to make us watch the whole damn thing again. Yeah. Like, Honestly, like, they're worth it. Like, Beauty and the Beast was really good. Aladdin was really good. See, I've heard Beauty and the Beast was terrible. I didn't mind it. I liked it. But then again, I like Emma Watson, so I don't know what to tell you. That's probably why you liked it. Well, I mean, (laughs) oh man. So yeah, uh, apparently animated characters being voiced, but only if they're voiced that well. Right. Like, I'm not just trying to throw out any random like voice actor. Like Mark Hamill as Joker is great. Not as good as Robin Williams as Genie. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Okay, I figured out what I'm doing there. Good, 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 good. So, yeah. Who's next for you? Who's next for me? I can't believe I, I, can't believe I did that. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe in the goon. Dude, Russell Crowe wasn't in the goon. It took you a minute. Right, because I was confused. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was Liv Schreiber, but. All right. My next one, I'm going to go with a TV show. And not just a TV show, but a mini series. Uh huh. Tim McGraw as James Dutton from, 19, from 1883. Whatever. I didn't care for it. How are we friends? Letter Kenny. That's why. Like, I want to know what you didn't like about it. <clears throat> I don't know. I love like I love Yellowstone. I didn't care for 1883 at all. Or like Faith Hill or Tim McGraw's characters. See, I thought Tim McGraw's character was fantastic. Just across the board. Like the backstory behind him. The like the no nonsense, take no bullshit. And, you know, now we watch, we also watched that first. Uh, we watched 1883 before we watched Yellowstone yeah. because we couldn't watch Yellowstone. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I just, I didn't care for 1883 overall as a whole. I found the entire show to be very boring. I mean, 
you can't have people being shot with AK-47s. Right. Yeah. Like, I understand that, but, like, that's not why I didn't like it. I don't know. Like, I just thought it was very boring. If I want to watch some Wild West stuff, I'd rather just watch Tombstone. See, like, I, I just, there were everything about it just was awesome to me. Like, but I'm also the person who, like, would love to go live back then and be a farmer or a rancher. <laughs> you want to die of dysentery? Sure. Like, why wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah, I, I thought like Tim McGraw with a beard with that rough scruff. Like, it, it just, the, the whole thing just did it for me. Yeah, I just I didn't care for the show overall. So, but hey, that's why he's on your bracket, not mine. Correct. One, two, three, four, five, six. So we've got seven. Who's number eight? Eight. Ooh. Are we doing eight or ten? I think we can do ten. Okay. Eight for me is going to be Harrison Ford as Han Solo. He was a scoundrel. Harrison Ford was perfect for that. And honestly, um, possibly the best character in the series. Yeah. Like I never really cared for Leia. Luke was always the main focus, but like I always found him just, I didn't really care. Like I loved anything that Han Solo was in. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would agree with you. I, yeah, <laughs> sold. I'm in. Um, and like, even, who doesn't like a dirty, smooth talking scoundrel? Like, great character, and he was perfect for it. Like that little smirk that he would get on his face as he was playing him, just his mannerisms, the way he walked, the way he talked, like. Harrison Ford was a smooth talker. Like he was great for it. Yes. Yeah, I I like it. Uh, you know the whole. He was a nice. He was a nice foil to the rest of the movie. Like everyone else had their galactic empires and everything. On this dude was like, I'll do it if you pay me. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll fly. How's that? Yeah, I'm in. I like it. Good. Uh, eight for you. Eight for me is going to be my like my spirit character. Okay. Uh, this is going to be Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. I've never watched Parks and Rec, but I've watched enough clips to know that it's a great casting. I don't know that anybody else could even come close to just the dry delivery, the matter-of-factness of of everything he says. Mm -hmm. And then there's episodes where like his one ex... So his mom and both of his ex-wives are all named Tammy. 
<laughs> and whenever Tammy number one comes around, I think it's Tammy number one, he turns into like this like sex crazed lunatic who who at one point like now he's this very tight buttoned like libertarian to the to like every sense of the word. Right. And all of a sudden, sir, you need a permit for that. Oh, don't worry. I have a permit. He pulls out a piece of paper that says I can do what I want. Yeah. Sir, you can't slaughter this pig here. Why not? (laughs) Like, yeah, all, all fantastic. And all of a sudden he shows up one day because Tammy number one shows up and he's got dreadlock or uh, cornrows braided in his hair. He shaved off his eyebrows and his mustache and like ended up. Yeah. Like he is Ron Swanson to the point that he was just in episode three of The Last of Us. Which have you been watching that at all? No. Okay. He was playing a character on The Last of Us, uh, playing a doomsday prepper who falls in love with another gentleman. Um, and basically, this entire episode was about like them living together and. Uh, falling in love and dying together at the end of it but I couldn't see I didn't even watch Parks and Rec but I couldn't see him as like I saw that as this is Ron Swanson in the apocalypse to the point that like they might as well have just named this fucking guy Ron instead of Billy or whatever his name was yeah I mean how do you not like it literally like like I said, I could only see like I'm mean, this is Ron Swanson. Sorry. Like I know it's supposed to be this Bill character that we're supposed to care about, but I'm like, no, this is Ron. <laughs> it, listen, you you don't have to keep convincing me. Like I I understand wholeheartedly and completely. Considering the point that like this Bill character was a like he was a doomsday prepper, like very anti government, like Ron. I'm like Yep. So good. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me want to watch Parks and Rec, even though I hate those like mockumentary shows. So it's different than The Office, where like The Office was filmed as though they're like just supposed to be going about their day. And then be pulled aside for interviews and they like acknowledge the camera crew. They acknowledge like that there's people. And at one point, like the sound guy ends up in the show and stuff like that. And like Parks and Rec is filmed like it's like that, like where they'll be talking to the camera and breaking the fourth wall. But like in the office, they talked about like it was being made as a documentary about the you know life in an American office. They never do that in in Parks and Rec. Mm. Like Leslie Nope and a few other people like talk to the camera and stuff, but it's never shown that they're being filmed. It's never acknowledged that they're being filmed for a reason. Right. It just does that mockumentary like conversation with the camera thing. almost, Almost as if it's supposed to serve as like an internal dialogue. That's fair. I'll have to give it a go because I've seen a lot of like funny clips from Parks and Rec that really make me laugh. So maybe I'll give it a go. 
Uh, and the fact that you get, get to watch a very chubby Chris Pratt. Right. <laughs> yeah. So good. I'll, right. pro- I'll probably give that a go. All right. Who's your next one? You got two more. Oh, God. Now we're getting to like bottom of the barrel here. Oh, how did I forget about these two? Um, Christopher Walt, or I'm sorry, Christoph Waltz as Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. He was the like the Nazi, um, like the head Nazi guy that was in the movie the whole time. Oh, he was in a lot of like, yeah, <laughs> like so he was in Django Unchained. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he played uh, the guy who was uh, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we know you don't need to say it. Yeah, uh, but like he was. I hate to give credit to like anybody playing a Nazi, but like, holy shit! Like he nailed it. Like he was like eerily like scary and very soft spoken and still being like. Holy shit, this dude is like terrifying. <clears throat> yeah, I mean Inglorious Bastards is another one like loosely based on true events and like it's it's like a reimagining of history, if you will. Yeah. Again, loosely based on true events. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it's bad when you get known as a guy who played a Nazi well, but sometimes <laughs> someone's got to play a Nazi well, or we wouldn't be able to have Nazis in in movies. Right? Ugh. Good for that. Well, I mean, yeah, perfect, absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I have so like what we're going to do is the ones that because I have I'll have a few that don't make my list and I feel like you might have a couple that do too so we'll end up doing like an honorable mention like sure post kind of thing um, or Instagram post I mean but I, there, I can't name these bottom three if I leave the other two out because you people would look and be like no okay so Alan Rickman as the one and only Snape, Snape, Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Thank you. Um, I know the movies took a lot of a lot of crap for some of the liberties that were taken with character development, character look. Mm-hmm. He is not one of them. No, he was perfect. And that's coming from someone who only like read like a, the first chapter of the first book, but knows enough people who have read the books that have their own feelings about the movies. Some of them hate them. Some of them think they're like, yeah, I watched them once and I'm good. Um, the, <laughs> the alley cat has read the books front to back probably 17 times and will watch the movies anytime I ask her to. So but yeah, yeah, from what I've heard. Snape's casting with Alan Rickman spot on. Yeah, absolutely. I don't 
yeah, I don't think I could think of anybody better for that then or now. No. No, absolutely not. And like just the slow talk. Because like you watch him in like it was a Galaxy Quest with uh mm-hmm. you know uh Tim Allen and yeah. And you have like the same like or a similar drawl, like a similar conversational speak because that's just that's how he talks right but then like you you see him saying and doing those other things and then you see severus and you're like oh it's different right mr potter like right yeah just the way he lengthened words the way perfect absolutely a great casting all right who is your 10th and final combatant, my friend? I'm torn between two. But I think I'm going to go with Jim Carrey. I'm torn between him as uh, Stanley Ipkiss in The Mask or Ace Ventura. I'm going to go with Ace Ventura. As Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. As soon as you said it, I was going to overrule you if you picked the mask. One, because nobody... Okay. Jim Carrey hits characters so well that other people have tried to like be similar to him in the same character. And you're like, yeah, but you're not him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's... Dumb and Dumberer, I think it was called. Yeah, when they were younger. Yeah, like when Harry met Floyd or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, they had somebody who, I mean, looks wise, pretty damn close. Like that was yeah, looked great. Creepy how close you came, but nowhere in the ballpark. No, pull it off, and there is not a soul on the planet who could pull off either performance of Ace Ventura. No, no one even in the ballpark. Chicago, shish kebab, Chicago, gotcha. You're out. Uh, for those playing the home game, that's <clears throat> shipwreck, shish kebab, Shawshank Redemption, Chicago. Sorry, somebody sleeping on the other side of the wall. I have to be a little quiet. Bumblebee tuna, bumblebee tuna, bumblebee tuna. Excuse me, your balls are shipwreck. We'll be doing. <laughs> I, I am, I am slightly ashamed to say I have said and done that in public far too often. Oh, I've definitely said Bumblebee tuna to people all the time. No, 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 not that part. I've done that too. Oh, like the person I want to talk to is like three people away, or like there's even nobody else to be like Bumblebee tuna, Bumblebee tuna, and then I walk up to them. Excuse me, your balls are showing Bumblebee tuna. Yeah, I've done it. I couldn't help but notice you called me White Devil. Yes, this is how they know you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think that's a rare instance where the sequel was just as good or better than the original. And that's rare. Yeah, we could do an entire episode on on sequels if we wanted to. I mean, yeah. Yes, I agree. That is, they are on par for me. Yeah. 
I, I couldn't because I mean the entire scene at the mental institution, isotoners, <laughs> like just all of them, all of them are fake. Let me in, coach. Halftime. Slams his fucking face off the seat. Like, is, is he okay? Yeah, we got about a half hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who's your final combatant, man? My final combatant. I cannot believe he lasted this long on this list. I cannot believe he is going to be my fourth comic book person. I know damn well that I could have picked probably four or five other comic book people, but no one. And the nightmare means no one could have ever played Tony Stark as well as Robert Downey Jr. Yes. On 100%. The, the quippy delivery, the like how fast he talks and moves and operates. And like, he is so believable in that role that you actually start to believe that Robert Downey Jr., the normal human being, is Tony Stark smart. And Tony, right. Tony Stark is like otherworldly intelligent in the Marvel comics. Uh-huh. Like, there have been comparisons in the Marvel universe of the fact that mentally he is on the same plane as like, like one of the few people that is higher, like above him would be like Reed Richards. Yeah. Like Reed Richards and professor X probably about the only two people. Professor X, it, it has been said multiple times through di- multiple different mediums of the comics that if Robert Downey Jr. had telepathy, like had the powers that Professor X has, mm-hmm. he, he would have blown P- Professor X out of the water. Really? Yes. Because, huh. because they are on the same level intelligence-wise, and Professor X has powers. Yeah. Darkness. This is true. Like that. So they, like you put like you put them, you know, Professor X got to that point with the powers. Tony got them, got there without them. And then you add them to him. Like, imagine if Iron Man, if, if Tony Stark could read everyone's mind. Right. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm honestly surprised he lasted that long that number one, you didn't pull him sooner or I, that I didn't even think of him. I was really trying to not be just, I mean, a comic book like because i really do believe that they uh they they did really really well there's there's i mean really there's not many misses in the marvel universe the dc different story uh but in marvel there's not many misses like uh i mean yeah you probably could have had somebody else play dr strange like i'm not that attached to benedict cumberbatch he's good i but okay it could have been anybody else uh Mark Ruffalo was good as the Hulk, but I also like Edward Norton, who already played the Hulk. Uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor is a great choice. I mean, you could even go back as far as like Blade. 
Yeah. Wesley Snipes' Blade. Yeah. Like Wesley Snipes was fantastic. Um <sighs> I, I didn't I didn't hate either of the previous castings of Spider-Man. Tom Holland is way better than both of them somehow. Right. I think as Tom Holland is playing more of like the high school character version, whereas the other two were like college age and like, nah, Spider-Man's supposed to be like a teenager. Like he's supposed to be a kid in high school. Well, like the first one he was in high school, but he was being played by like a 24 year old. So, right. Um, you got any couple? You got a couple of good honorable mentions there. I got a couple of good honorable mentions that we won't put in the. Or do you want to save those for a Instagram post? Yeah, that'll be the Instagram post. All right. So, um, two people that I'm not going to put on the <laughs> that I'm not going to put on either list. If I could put on the honorable mentions, or and they didn't make my list, obviously, um. Ryan Reynolds' character and Samuel Jackson's character from the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, those were great. And the only reason is because that was literally just a movie of Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Samuel L. Jackson playing Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, you could say the same thing like Ryan Reynolds as Van Wilder. Like that was just Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and like, I mean, so it was Deadpool, but right, <laughs> he actually fits the character. Right. Uh this was fun. We should, I like this. We we should do stuff stuff like this like once a month. Like the, the like a draft. Yeah. yeah like then it, it can be like our uh like once a month we'll do a bracket on Instagram and the show will lead to the bracket. Yeah. I like that. I do too. I also like when we do this in person because doing it at night, like I have to speak quietly because someone's sleeping and she's not feeling well today. But uh don't you know, wake the dragon. I can also be a little bit more outward and personable and not so, you know, I try to be a little energetic, but trying to keep my voice down is tough. So uh good luck with that happening though with how busy my life's about to be. Right. That being said, Common debauchery, part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online, BICBP-radio.com. Find us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you, you find podcasts. Obviously, if you're hearing me, you know where to find us. You can find us on social media, Common Debauchery on Facebook and at Common Debauchery, all one word, on Instagram. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, vote on all our polls. And uh, I guess with that being said, I am the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Common Debauchery. Common debauchery.